Good morning and welcome to Emmett Audio. You can hear the equipment in the background because I parked down by uh, Archibald McLeish's old house that they're doing all the work on. But I'm walking up away from it. This morning, as part of the May Virtual Apprenticeship Challenge, I want to talk about sharpening hook knives. And again, this is one of those episodes where it would be good to accompany it with one of my videos either from IGTV or YouTube um, because there's some just sort of physical motions that I will describe but unless you have actually seen me do it it might be difficult for you to envision what I'm doing but there's a lot of information that I'm going to convey that you might miss if you were just focused on watching the video. So there's two general types of hook knives and it has nothing to do with the curvature. It has to do with whether they are forged to have a completely flat inner face to the inner part of the curve, or whether they are forged to have um, two rails on the inner face with a hollow between them. Kind of like a hollow grind on a knife, but it's actually forged to be that way rather than ground in with a wheel. Um, and the beauty of that hollow grind is that Similar to how, um, or let's call it a rail system, the beauty of the rail system is that similar to a hollow grind on a knife that sort of clicks into place and you can really feel when it is flat on both rails. With the rail system, you can really feel when your dowel, which you're going to use to sharpen, is flat on both rails. Now, there's a bit of overlap uh, in how you sharpen these two types of knives. Um, the knives that have a flat, um, the knives that have uh, a flat inner surface tend to have a slightly more pronounced bevel on the outside of the curve, whereas the knives that have an inner rail tend to have a very smoothly rounded outer surface. Um, so let's start with the rail knives because. They represent one end of the spectrum, and then we'll sort of move our way over to the other end of the spectrum. Rail knives, the real uh, benefit to a rail knife, and these are knives that are generally only made by the top knife makers, Matt White, Reed Schwartz, Nick Westerman, of course, and, um, and there's starting to be a couple other makers uh, who are experimenting with this design feature. Um, uh, in Australia and the United States as well. Um, the real benefit to this style is that it allows you to sharpen on the inside using a dowel um, with sandpaper wrapped around it. And because those two rails are perfectly flat to one another, as long as the dowel is flat on the two rails, then you know that you are maintaining a consistent angle. Because consistency, as with the Sloyd knife, is the name of the game. The knife maker, if they did a good job designing the knife and setting it up and sharpening it, will have set up the appropriate angle. And your job as the spoon carver is to try not to change that. Um, now, you're going to need a dowel, about an 8-inch dowel, that is... Uh, a smaller diameter than the curvature of your knife, obviously. So if you have a very tightly curved knife, you're going to need a smaller diameter dowel. But small diameter dowel actually works quite well 
anyways um i have won this maybe i don't know five eights three eights something something in the hold on let me hold my fingers up and look it's probably in the five eighths to three quarters diameter range and it works really well for me about eight inches long um and you need automotive grit sandpaper just as uh, i talk about with the sloyd knife um, again you're going to want paper ranging from 400 to 3000 grit and the simplest place to buy that is just online amazon or wherever uh, as a mix pack rather than buying the individual grits um, it's quite inexpensive and it comes in sort of these long strips now um, when you're sharpening the rail knives, it's really beneficial if the knife is balanced on something that is narrow. What I do is I take the block that I use for sharpening the Sloyd knives and I balance it on my knee. But you could do the same thing by clamping a block of wood into a vise or simply using the top surface of the vise jaws themselves if they are have that plastic cap on them rather than being just a metal surface. I wouldn't put the knife on a metal surface. Um, or, for instance, Nick Westerman uses an armchair to sharpen in, and so the arm, the end of the arm of the armchair becomes that surface. And what happens when you balance the, the rail knife, the hook knife with rails, uh, on, so that the blade is resting on a narrow surface and the handle is up and you're gripping it with, um, your off hand. So whichever hand you were going to hold the hook knife in, hold it in your other hand. So you can use your dominant hand to do the actual pushing of the dowel with the sandpaper. And you want your thumb to be up. So when you grip it, you don't want to grip it with your thumb facing the blade. You want your thumb facing up away from the blade, right? Because the handle's sticking up, you want your thumb to be sticking up. <clears throat> the reason you want it on a narrow surface is that way, as the blade sort of wiggles a little bit on that surface, the dowel can wiggle with it. If you place the blade on a, if you if you either clamp the blade in a vise or place it so that the handle or the blade is on a flat surface, you limit the ability of the dowel to sort of self-register on the rails. The beautiful thing about having it loose in your hand with the blade resting on something narrow is that it means that the dowel it can sort of keep following the blade as the blade wiggles a little bit and it has enough clearance on either side to tip down because if if you try this if you see what i mean um if you have the blade resting on a tabletop the blade can wiggle more than the dowel can adjust with it because the dowel is so long it sticks out on either side that it just the tips of the dowel come down and hit the table before the blade's done wiggling so that's why you need it raised on something narrow so that the dowel can wiggle uh, and adjust with the blade as it does so. And that way you get very smooth, easy control to have it stay on those rails. <clears throat> it's really not a difficult thing to do. The trick is to have it be on a narrow surface. The other reason why I say don't clamp the handle or otherwise place the handle on a tabletop, even with the blade sticking off the edge, which is another thing I've seen people do, is that then you are fixing the blade in space and there is now only one correct path that that dowel with sandpaper can make through space to correctly hit the rails it won't self-register in the same way you'll still be able to feel when it clicks down but you're limiting the ability of 
the dowel to sort of automatically grab the right connection with the blade by holding the blade fixed in space. So don't do that. So, <clears throat> no matter what type of hook knife you have, sharpening a hook knife is all about raising a burr. Because raising a burr is how you can tell that you have eliminated any secondary bevel at the edge and gotten to a true sharp triangle. It's a lopsided triangle, not like the true, um, what are, what's it called, an isosceles triangle, where you have two equal sides and one non-equal side that you have with a sloyd knife. It's a lopsided triangle because one side actually has kind of a compound curve on it. Even if there's a bevel on the outside, it's often a sort of compound bevel. Um, and one side is essentially flat, which is the inside. <clears throat> this is if you're looking at a cross-section of the blade, as though you snapped the blade and looked at the end of it. So until that edge is a true sharp triangle, you won't develop a burr, because the burr only happens when you are pushing material towards the edge and it hits and it gets to a really sharp edge and then it will form the burr by pushing that little scrap of metal off the edge. So in, while you still have any amount of secondary bevel, the burr won't form because because uh, it's not reaching the edge truly. It's sort of hitting uh, where the secondary bevel hits the uh, sort of uh, stops, and that's where the scrap of metal gets deposited. So you won't feel it on the on the back side of the blade. So you want to wrap your sandpaper around the dowel, and I find it useful to wrap your sandpaper around the dowel. Some people hold it in different ways. Some people hold it so that the sandpaper is held long ways with the dowel. That can work. I find it most helpful to wrap the sandpaper short ways around the dowel so that you're using just the tail end of each piece of sandpaper, which actually works really well with the um, sandpaper sharpening method with the block because that little bit at the end of each piece of sandpaper is the part that you can't use when you're sharpening with the block to sharpen a Sloyd knife. And so uh, you're sort of using up that last little bit in the process of sharpening your hook knife. It's very efficient in that way. And it's important to wrap your sandpaper tightly and to wrap it around one half of the dowel, not in the middle of the dowel, leaving a little bit at either end, but to wrap it completely on one side or the other. Uh, so that when you pinch the dowel in the middle with your thumb and forefinger, and middle finger also, the base of the dowel that doesn't have sandpaper on it can come up against the heel of your palm. And the fact that it now is resting against the heel of your palm means that you don't have to hold it as tightly with your fingers as you would if the sandpaper was in the middle and you were pinching it down at the end of the sandpaper. Because you need to pinch it at the end of the sandpaper that's going to encounter the blade last. Because your fingers will get in the way of making the pass. So you can't pinch it in the middle of the sandpaper and have it work particularly well. <clears throat> so... If you have the sandpaper in the middle of the dowel and you're pinching it down sort of towards one end of the dowel, therefore, to not have your fingers be in the way of the sandpaper, there's nothing keeping the dowel from sort of pivoting in your fingers. So you end up gripping it really tightly and then your hand is completely exhausted partway through this sharpening process. So instead, what you need to do is have the sandpaper be at one end of your eight inch dowel 
and then you pinch it in the middle and then the other end, the bare end of the dowel comes up against the heel of your palm. And because it presses against the heel of your palm, it allows you to pinch less hard and your hand won't be as exhausted at the end of the sharpening process. The motion you're gonna do on those, on the hook knife is a push and a twist. The push gets you from one part of the, one end of the dowel to the other end. And the twist gets you from the heel of the blade to the tip of the blade. And so by combining them, you're going from one end of the sandpaper to the other and from the heel of the blade to the tip of the blade in one go. Now again, you're holding the hook knife in your non-dominant hand, the hand that's not normally the knife that you're holding the hook knife in, thumb up, blade down on a narrow surface, and you're holding the dowel with the sandpaper in the knife that you would normally hold the hook knife in. That means that when you are pushing the sandpaper along those inner rails, the edge that your fingers encounter is the, is the spine of the blade, not the sharp edge. That's super important. And so you're pushing metal towards the edge of the blade. And when you have, oops, I lost the dogs. Dogs! <clears throat> and when you have completely eliminated the secondary bevel, however small, you will feel a burr on the back side of the edge from the side that you're sharpening. And the nice thing about a burr is it tells you exactly where you've done enough and where you haven't done enough because you won't feel a burr there. Now you don't need to raise a super strong burr, you just need to raise a small burr. Um, so for instance, usually the tip gets the least amount of um, action from the sandpaper, so it raises a burr last. Good dogs, come on. Um, and so the nice thing about a burr is you can uh, sort of tell where you still need some work to do and you keep going until you've gotten a burr all along the entire length of the blade. Now, if you want to focus on just the tip at the end, use the hand holding the handle of the hook knife and tilt the hook knife forward a little bit so that as part of your push twist, your push twist motion with the dowel and sandpaper is only doing the tip of the blade. Um, and that will sort of focus that attention on just the tip of the blade and get you there without removing more metal from the back. Again, you want to do as little as possible while still doing enough. Because um, every pass you take, if you aren't paying attention and being precise, is an opportunity to mess things up. So, go until you have a light burr all along the back of the spine of the blade. Now, without removing that burr, start walking your way up through the grits of sandpaper. And again, the rule of thumb is if you're gonna double your sandpaper grit, which is about right, you're going to do about 10 to 15 passes with each fresh grit. It doesn't go down in the number of passes, it stays the same number if you are roughly doubling. Now use your brain. If you are more than doubling, let's say you're going from 600 grit to 2000 grit, because that's all you have left of your, of your sandpaper pack. Right, you used up all the 400, 800, 1500, so all you guys, 600, 2000, 3000 left. Well, since 600 to 2,000 is more than doubling, more than double the number of passes you're going to take. Because it's just about replacing the coarser scratch marks with the finer scratch marks.
You need to get down underneath those coarse scratch marks with the finer sandpaper for it to actually create a polished edge. Um, uh, so the number of passes you take is just a rule of thumb and you got to use your brain to make sure you're doing the right number. Um, that being said, I rarely actually count. I just sort of think, okay, I'm doing whatever, 15. And then I just go until I think, oh, okay, I did about 15. And I pay more attention to my form than anything else. Um, <clears throat> so you're going to leave that burr on. Don't touch the back part with the coarser grits of sandpaper because you don't want to have to do much to the back edge until you get to the very finest grit of sandpaper. And I would go up to 3,000 grit at this stage. So if you're doing... 400, 800, 1500, 3000, that's great. If you're doing 800, 1500, 3000, that's great, depending on how, how dull your knife feels. Again, there's no, if you are completely consistent about always putting a sheath on your knife when you are not, and it's not in your hand being used, you will almost never have any edge damage from being lazy and sloppy about it. And so the only dullness you're going to encounter, hey, leave it. Leave it. Come on. Come on. I know that's a bone, but leave it. Sorry, there's a deer bone scattered along the stretch of dirt road. Willa, come on. Good girl. <clears throat> so the other thing that tends to dull hook knives is carving wood that is that you've let uh, sit out and it has gotten dry. We're going to talk about this this coming week is the importance of maintaining moisture content in the wood. But basically the rule of thumb is always, always, always bag your spoon. If you're going to put it down for half an hour to eat lunch, if you're going to walk away from it from, for 15 minutes and you don't know if you're coming back, stick it in a plastic bag. Because the thing that's hardest on uh, the edge of a hook knife, well, one of the things that's hardest is wood that is just too dry. The other thing that's really hard on a hook knife is if you choose a piece of wood that has like a bunch of knots and sort of weird crummy grain that it needs to carve through. So you make the choice of what piece of wood to try and carve, and that can really be tough on your knife edges. It's not to say you can't bring them back, but um, you will have a sense of how, uh, in what sort of shape your knife edge is, um, is in, based on what you've been carving, how dull it feels, etc. So you want to stick with uh, the dowel and the sandpaper on the inside bevel, on those inside rails, uh, until you get up to your highest grit of sandpaper. And again, you're going to do 10 to 15 passes if you're roughly doubling, more if you're more than doubling, less if you're less than doubling. Um, and once you, and you'll kind of, you might notice that the, that the, um, the burr actually gets a little smaller because it's just, it's not really attached metal. And so it'll sort of get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it'll sort of come off because uh, you've pushed it past the point where it can, it's sort of so thin and flimsy and out there that it just comes off. Now, you still need to remove the burr on the outside bevel. So you do that, <clears throat> I prefer to do it by holding the knife up in front of my face so that when I hold the sandpaper and the dowel at the correct angle, I can see that I am truly on the edge. And for this, I would really recommend that you go look at a video of me doing it. It's hard for me to describe. I'm going to try it. 
What it means is that if the, the tip of the hook knife is facing away from me and the edge of the hook knife is facing to, towards the hand that has the dowel in it. And that allows me to place the dowel on the edge of the knife and see if I am too, uh, too uh, obtuse on the edge, too, too hard on the edge, where I'm going to just destroy the edge I just created, or if the dowel is angled such that it doesn't even touch the edge, at which point you're not actually doing any good with it. But there's a point when you rock the dowel back and forth on the edge where you can see that you are just kissing the edge, and that's where the angle you want to hold, as you then slide the dowel down the blade while also sliding the dowel away from the edge so that it's the it's the motion of the sandpaper towards the edge and off the edge which usually means bringing your hand away from the knife the hand with the dowel comes down towards you and away from the knife <clears throat> and that motion if you can hold that angle uh, is right you know two inches in front of your nose and it's easy to see if you are at the right angle, and it's also easy to, to see if you've fallen off of it at all. Now, Matt prefers to do it a different way, and I will just point you towards his uh, Instagram account to check it out uh, the way that he does it. But the thing I like about this is it feels kind of foolproof to me because it's right in front of your nose, and it's evident you are looking at the angle, and you can see if it's the right angle or not. So I remove that burr with that motion, of the sandpaper on the dowel with the finest grit. Now notice I didn't use a coarser grit because this motion is an awkward, slightly imprecise motion and you want to do it as few times as possible. So you go, it usually takes me one or two passes to remove the burr and that's all I do. Now, it is worth stropping your hook knife. The only strops I've seen for hook knives that seem to have the right thinness of leather are Tom Scandy and Strops from Australia, Spoon Carving with Tom. They are a total steal for what he charges for them. And I would hop on his list right now and get one because any advantage you can give to your hook knife, you're gonna be paid back for in ease of carving this most difficult part of the spoon. If you don't have it in your budget to spend whatever it is to buy a, a strop stick from Tom, get a, get a, a well, you can use the dowel you have the sandpaper on. It's just going to make it messy a little bit. You're going to need a rag to wipe it off. You can use the dowel that you have and put some uh, compound on it. Either if you don't want to buy the Lee Valley Veritas compound or some other honing compound, you could just get what I used for the beginning was some metal polish from the hardware store. And that worked okay. It was messy. It got all over my fingers. I had to wash my hands. But you're washing your hands anyways. Um, so smeared a little compound on the stick. And then I'm doing that same motion on the inside, on the rails, as I was doing. And then at the end, doing whatever, 10 passes. And then do a couple passes on the outside just to polish up that outside bevel. You're not going to create a burr with the strop or with the stick with the compound on it. You're just, it's just about polishing that very edge. Now again, there's nothing to be gained from polishing further up the bevel on the outside of a hook knife, because the only part that really matters in terms of creating a knife finish, a clean, smooth knife finish, is the very edge. So ignore whether or not the outside of the bevel is super-de-duper polished. That's not a good litmus test 
of whether it's going to be a good sharp edge or not. And then for me, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, there's no like scrap of wood that I use for testing. I just use it on the spoon. And if I didn't do a good job, I'll know. Okay, that was a long process to describe uh, how to sharpen rail knives. Now with hook knives that don't have those inner rails, you have two options. One is to choose to sharpen them the exact same way as I just described, which is what I would recommend for people using the new Mora 164, the redesigned hook knife that I think is a good beginner's hook knife um, that, that Mora just redesigned. You gotta go to their website to get the new one with the leather sheath. Um, and because it has such a narrow bevel on the outside, it is difficult to sharpen on the outside. And while sharpening a non-rail hook knife on the inside will eventually make it thinner and thinner and thinner, and it will mean that the knife eventually dies, that is so far in the future that I just don't think it's worth thinking about. Um, it would take you so long to go through all that metal. Now, the nice thing about a rail system is because of that hollow between the rails, you're actually not making the knife thinner, you're making it narrower when you remove metal from the rails, um, if you can envision that. Whereas with like um, Reed's Wood Spirit knife, um, or a knife from Dell Stubbs, Hans Carlson, you can sharpen the outside bevel but sharpening the outside bevel is often difficult to get right. And you could use this same dowel sandpaper method that I just described on any of these knives and sharpen the inside. And yes, over the course of five years, you might completely go through that knife. Well, guess what? Then you just buy a rail knife and no tool is supposed to last forever. The only way it will last forever is if you aren't carving spoons all that regularly. So, uh, either way, I wouldn't agonize about it. Either the knife will have become, spoon carving will have become such an important part of your life that it just won't be a big deal to get a new hook knife, or it won't be a big deal because you won't be sharpening that much anyways. So, if you sharpen one of these railless knives on the inside, everything is the same. The only trick is that it is harder to tell if you are truly flat on that inside surface. Because there's material all the way across, you won't feel it kind of click into place in the same way as you do with the two rails. And you'll see exactly what I mean. Um, so you just have to be even more mindful about that. Now, there's two other ways to sharpen these railless hook knives, neither of which is ideal. The one I used on my Robin wood knife for years was to hold the knife in my the, the hand that I would normally be holding it in which for me I'm a lefty so I'd hold it in my left hand hold the block with the sandpaper the like six inch piece of two by four or something harder would be even better in your right hand with the sandpaper wrapped around it and your fingers holding it tight and you're going to use the narrow edge of the block again not the wide part and I would hold the knife and the block up in front of my face and I would bring the knife hand down in a straight motion about two inches while at the same time rocking the sandpaper block up and over the edge so that I encountered the tip. I found that if I held the block 
still and tried to do all the motion with just the knife hand, it was super awkward. And similarly, if I tried to hold the knife still and do all the motion with the block hand, it was also awkward. The least awkward thing is to sort of split the difference and do a little motion with one hand and a little motion with the other hand. The nice thing about doing it like this right in front of your nose is that you can see if the edge is truly flat on the sandpaper, which because it's a curve is only gonna happen at one point at a time along that edge. And you're going to, it's going to travel up the edge as you make this motion with your hands. It's gonna go from the heel up to the tip. Maisie, come on, let's go. Leave it. No, leave it. Good girl. Um, so, hey Willa, wait up. Um, so that is a good motion because it's right in front of your nose. It doesn't work great for hook knives that have a sharp curve at the end. Um, and it doesn't work well for hook knives like the Mora 164 that have a very narrow bevel. It works okay for Robin's knife because it has a fairly wide bevel on the outside. Um, with the narrower bevel, it's hard to feel when you're on the bevel and it's much more likely to sort of catch and cut the sandpaper than it is to allow you to sort of travel right down the edge there but not actually catch and cut the sandpaper. The other way I've seen people sharpen these hook knives is to place the butt end of the hook knife on the table with your fist with your fist around it, your thumb facing up, the blade facing up, and use sandpaper wrapped around a dowel to essentially push uh, towards the edge on the outside bevel. Now, either of these sandpaper applied to the outside bevel methods will, you know that you've gone far enough and eliminated that uh, any secondary bevel by by the creation of a burr. But in this case, because you're sharpening the outside edge, the burr is gonna happen on the inside. So with rails, you're sharpening the inside edge, the burr happens on the outside of the curve. If you're sharpening on the outside with a railless knife, you're gonna sharpen the outside, the burr is gonna happen on the inside. Now, bear in mind that if you are sharpening a railless knife on the inside the same way as you would with the rails, the burr is gonna happen on the outside. Okay, so the burr always happens on the side that is not the side that you're actually applying the abrasive to. And when you feel that burr on the inside, that tells you that you've gone far enough with your lowest grit. Again, it's not worth moving up in the grits until you establish that burr. Moving up in the grits is all you're doing with that is replacing the coarser scratch marks with the finer scratch marks. All of the shaping, all of the getting the geometry correct happens with the coarsest grit, whether that's 400, 600, 800, 1,000, whatever you think will be the right bang for the buck, um, depending on how, how dull you think the knife is. Obviously, if it's more dull, go for the coarser grit as your starting grit, excuse me, but you stay with that starting grit until you raise the burr and then walk your way through the grits using this same process and then use a dowel um, with sandpaper wrapped around it to remove the burr on the inside, again with the finest sandpaper, grit 3000, and then you can either strop it um, in the way I just described or use a dowel loaded with compound. Come on Maisie. Um, so 
that's how to sharpen hook knives. It's kind of a choose your own adventure. The only part of the process that works particularly well is you have something stuck in your mouth. I can't really tell. We're going to find out. Are you icy? You're just chewing on a little niblet of bone. So the, the only system for sharpening hook knives that works really well, in my opinion, is the dowel inner dowel on the inside on the rails. Everything else is a bit of an awkward compromise, um, which is what sets those rail knives apart as being superior. Um, either way, if I am careful about maintaining the moisture content of my spoons, about uh, not letting there be knots or crazy, weird, awful grain in the bowl, and also, importantly, about sharpening regularly so that I don't ever let it get super bad, I find myself sharpening my hook knife every 5 to 15 spoons, depending on whether they're big ones or little ones. Um, so, you know, 15 teaspoons is the same as 5 ladles, flour scoops, etc., etc. Um, Alright, so that's it. I will be back tomorrow with information about harvesting wood and processing the wood from the log form into billets and blanks. Thank you.